I'm going to be your teacher this morning. My name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor at Connection. And welcome to preschool. Isn't life easier when you're four? Think about that. The next time that you're walking through Connection, or maybe you have a grandkid or or a child yourself, and you look at them and they're three and four and five and six and seven, holy cow, I would love to go, just rewind. I want to go back then. You know what I mean? How much responsibility does a four-year-old really have? See, we're going to talk about some stuff this week that many of you have heard for as long as you have been alive or been in church. These are truths that I talk to my four-year-old. I got a, I got a first-hand look, okay? I talked to my four-year-old daughter. I said, Lydia, do you know this? Yeah. Do you know this one? Yeah. Do you know this one? Yeah, Dad. They are three truths that we're going to talk about this morning in our sermon, but they are three truths that a four-year-old knows that an 89- or 100-year-old person should also know and hear every single day. Because you and I as adults live in a world that is messed up. And it always challenges us. It challenges our belief. It challenges our thinking process. So today, right now, for the next little while, I just want you to let everything go. doesn't matter the fight you had before church. Thank you for the laughter. Now, listen, if there's ever going to be a time that my wife and I argue, or my parents and I would argue, it is right before church and on the way here. You know as well as I do. If, that, if those car doors could talk, you understand. You know. You know what I mean. But that's the time that Satan wants to get at you. But today, right now, I want us to just clear our head. We're four. Chill. You're four years old. Now, no, no running around. Okay? You don't have to ask to go to the bathroom, but you know, here, you know. If you have your worship hand out, I want you to, I want you to open it up. All the way on the left side of the road. Oh, this is the right to you. Right. It says big things are happening at Connection. We need your help. And then you can, you can read. You can read through that this afternoon. Not while I'm preaching. Some of you are really good at this. You know, I told somebody this this morning. And I, and, and I don't mean to be just, uh, just weird about this. But here's the deal. We have social media, and we have phones, and everybody's connected to the world and the internet web and all this stuff. I have some people that in the past have thought it would be a really good idea to text me while I'm preaching. Now my phone's over there and it's always on silent. Note to self, they timestamp your text messages and I know when you're not listening. I'm going to start sharing everything on Facebook and connection, but no, I won't. I won't. I won't. But we are going to have something this Saturday that Connection does, and I think that we do it very well. Not to toot our own horn, but I think we do a very good job of this. Ken Jane is our community loving, loving guy, and those are items and, and things that we, we do in our community to show God's love. And this Saturday, shh, this Saturday, if you're listening on the internet, just close your ears. I'm, just, I'm kidding. This Saturday, we are going to have a community love. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh, oh. I'm not going to tell you what it is. If you want to help Ken, Ken's over here. Raise your hand, Ken. Hi, Ken. If you want to help out this Saturday at the Primary Center, okay, go to the Primary Center parking lot. He will give you instructions and he will disperse you from there. That's all I'm telling you. You know why? Because some of you, the same people that text during my message, you will share it on Facebook. We don't want that to happen. Okay, We want this to be a surprise. We're going to go out uh, next Saturday. We're going to be at the Primary Center at 10 a.m. Okay, At 10 a.m. And then we're going to divide out and we're going to go all over Mount Vernon and we're going to try to bless people uh, in this season of thankfulness and giving. And, and keep in mind, if you can't make it this Saturday, we will have another one in December, our last two of the year. Uh, these are great fun. If you've never been involved in one, maybe you say, man, I don't even go to this church, but... Maybe it's something that I want to go, come and see, come and watch, come and be a part of it. We'll let you. Okay? It's, it's, a, it's an opportunity where we can love our community and let them know that God loves them. We're going to be talking about being a preschooler, okay? And, I, and it, there's going to be some funny stuff in here. And, and some people are going to think, well, man, there's no way I can get anything from a, a, a sermon to a four-year-old. Careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. I read that somewhere. It's in Proverbs, okay? If you would, just, just, just bow your head with me. I want to pray first. 
God, we thank You so much. We, God, we ask You this morning that we don't get up here and we don't, we don't make loud sounds to show off. God, we don't play a guitar loud to show off. We don't sing loud to show off. God, we don't preach words loudly about myself, God, that they're not coming from me. God, thank You for these three truths that my four-year-old knows. But God, as a man of 35 that I need to hear every single day, I just ask, God, that You prepare our hearts to hear this. God, we, we have people in here that are hurting. We have people in here that have a hard heart. We have people in here that do not have a good relationship. They're, maybe they're fighting for their marriage. God, I ask You to just heal this morning. Let us remember that no matter what happens in this world, if we have You, we have it all. If we have You, we have it all. And it's all based on these three small truths. In Your name we pray. Amen. Connection has one service at 10 a.m. from now until the end of the year. One service, Sunday at 10 a.m. We're calling this period of time our reloading and our relaunching. We had a 4.30 service. It wasn't affecting the amount of people that we thought it was going to affect. It's called a test tube. Sometimes test tubes break. So you, what do you do? You do another one. You find out how you can, as you can see, we're past 80% capacity. We do need two services, okay? So here's the deal. For the next eight weeks, I'm just kidding, not all of them, okay? For the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at this, at this change. And we're going to go, and starting in January, we're going to go to 9 and 11. Some of you already that, that, that don't speak alarm clock are going, oh, 9 o'clock. <laughs> Think about the band. We got to do sound check earlier. Why? Listen, this is sacrificing. There are people that are going to come to the 9 o'clock, and there's going to be people that come to 11 o'clock. We're going to give you an opportunity to do this. In January, you will be able to experience a serve one and sit one atmosphere. Now think about this. Currently right now, we have teachers that are going to teach at the morning service, and if we had the 4.30, they're going to do the morning and the afternoon with no chance of coming in here for corporate worship. Now they can listen online, but there's no chance for corporate worship. Now look at this. You have an opportunity now to serve one and sit one. See, the whole basis and the vision of connection means this. Okay? The whole vision of connection is this. Not everybody gives the same, but everybody sacrifices the same to glorify God. Okay? Everybody, connection does not do what it does without its volunteers and its workers. It doesn't happen. I have seen people for the last eight years do nothing but clean windows, vacuum carpets, Now I'm going to ask you for the next for the next couple months. I'm going to ask you to do something that's not even in your comfort zone. Oh boy! <laughs> How about this? When you come in, come up, sit up here. I will not spit on you that much. <laughs> no, we don't need to make a splash section like at Sea World, okay? But. But what I'm saying is, listen, we're going to need to practice SOS. You guys know what that means. It means scoot over some. <laughs> I'm not joking. You have to scoot up, make room for more people to come in the back. You're going to have to park in the back. Holy cow, who goes to a church that they ask me to park in the back and sit in the front? So our first-time guests can park in the front and they can sit in the back. Now, I didn't come here. Just to be hateful on that subject. But I'm telling you, if we want to grow, you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone and move. Damn. Some of you are like, this isn't starting off well. <laughs> Has God ever talked to you and you said, you know what, God, I don't think about that. I don't know about that. And then when you finally gave in, you saw that your life actually could be impactful to other people. Or the thing that you went through, He can use. You get where this is going. We, we do not all give the same. Our tithe checks, our time, our gas, our money, we do not all give the same. But we all sacrifice the same. Okay? We all sacrifice the same. And because we sacrifice the same, connection can function. Now over these next few weeks, maybe God is going to begin talking to you. Why is He going to begin talking to you? Because without, without your permission, I've already asked Him to. <laughs> I ask God I pray for you guys every day 
It doesn't matter if I'm at somebody's house or I'm at home or I'm, or I'm doing something for my pleasure or whatever. I pray for you every day. If you're sitting in here, I didn't call you by name, but God knows who's going to be here. I've already prayed for you. There's other people besides me that pray for you. We ask that God just speak to us. Some of us are plugged in. Some of us volunteer. I want you to prayerfully consider if you're not plugging in somewhere. I know what this means. I know what this means. You say, huh? Well, if I serve in one and I sit in the other one and I'm here all morning, I know this is going through your head right now, and I'm here all morning, we're not going to get out of church till 12.15. Guess what? You ready for this logic? All the people that get out of church early and go at the restaurants will be gone. You'll have first come, first serve anywhere you want to sit. I've been to churches where getting out early is a big deal so you can be the first at the restaurant. Guess what? Eat a big breakfast, they'll still have lunch for you. <laughs> we sacrifice the same. Some of you say, well, why am, he, why am I, why am I to, to sacrifice or to volunteer? What has Connection done in the last year? There are not very many people. Listen, there are not very many people that can sit up here, stand up here, and tell you what their church... This is not a, hey, Connection is the best church in the world. I want to show you why maybe God should influence you to help serve. Watch this. Watch. In the la- just the last year, we've baptized 11. This number might shock you. In the last year, we've had 25 people join our church. God is doing things. Why? Because volunteers. We go. We do. We have one person already waiting on the next dunk party. How awesome is that? We just had one. He's like, well, I'll wait on the next one. Awesome. He won't be alone. Not with what God is doing. Don't miss out. As we talk about being a preschooler today, I want you to turn your Bibles, and I know this is not going to make any sense. Genesis 1... 26. How in the world? We can talk about preschool, we're talking about creation. Remember, these are truths that you've probably heard when you were 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. You need to hear them until you're 120 if you live that long. Every single time we come into the house of God, every time we look at His Word, every time we talk with a friend, we should hear these things. So this morning, I want you internally, in your mind... Not to be as disruptive as you might have been at age four, but I want you to rewind your mind and think like a preschooler. You know why we have different colors in the hallway? Because kids like different colors. You know why we have, we, have, uh, we have toys and we have games and we have stories? Because kids like toys, games, and stories. And we have teachers that pour their life out in the preschool area. One area a week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it apart and I'm going to show you what it represents and what it does in our church. Then you can say, hey, maybe that's an area that I want to plug in. We'll talk about the descriptions in a little bit. How about this? Do you like to rock babies? Some of you in your head right now are going, no way. <laughs> oh, they drool. They're weird. They're little. We were talking about, my, my, my mother gave me my first dose of parental advice when we had our oldest daughter, Emma. No joke. The very first thing that she said after Emma was born is this. Matthew, kids bounce. I said, what? She goes, they're a lot tougher than you think they are. But do you like to rock babies? Do you like to see those little smiles? Now think about that. The little hands. Maybe you're a grandparent and, you're, and, you're, and your grandkids don't live locally. Gives you a little shot in the arm to go hold a baby, doesn't it? I remember when Emma and Lydia were younger, we wouldn't make it that far into the building and somebody would say, oh, I'll hold your baby. <laughs> okay. Maybe God has given you the desire to impact these young children by teaching those little ones about God. That is an unbelievable special gift. Unbelievable. Our preschool leader is Laura Davis. And I have picked some stuff in their curriculum. That video, right before I started preaching, that video is something uh, off of their Think Orange curriculum. That, that's what they do. Did you, did you read any of that? It says, 
What you teach a four-year-old, if you teach them about God, could it affect their life when they're 14? Some of us, and I'm, I'm, I will stand in this line, some of us are sitting in this building right now and have a relationship with Jesus Christ because someone rocked us and someone said, God loves you when we were little. Somebody got on the floor and wrestled and played blocks with us at church and they, and they taught us about how Jesus wants to be our friend. See, these truths are like, oh, duh. If, you, if, you, if you've read any of the Bible, if you've done any of this stuff, you understand, man, this is just kind of, this is basic, Matt. We'll see how basic it is. This goes way deep. Some of us need to hear this stuff. Look at your worship handout. This is a, it's a purple piece of paper that you got. You can flip it to the inside. Now I know I've changed this up a couple times and I know some of you are saying we want the blanks back we want the blanks back and I brought the blanks back and then you go but it's not all the way full we want more blanks use the bottom to take some notes if you see in there on the very bottom Lord Davis preschool leader gives you your phone number gives you your email address if this is something that you are interested in right outside right by the coffee there's a sign up sheet Lord's looking for some helpers we're going to see other areas of our church that need helpers in the weeks to come but their first three blanks. Look at this. In Genesis 1, we find this, that God made me. And we're talking about four-year-olds. God made you. Does a four-year-old completely comprehend, nor do I, how God created us? No. Nope. We're told. We're going to see that. Pretty cool. Then your Bible is in, or on the screen. See, God did not speak human beings into being. Think, think about this for me really quick. You can get in debates to debates all year long, all day long, about if God created a mature planet, if God created the planet and then, and then when the flood happened and the, isle, and the continents were all Pangea and, and the strongest force on the world is water and during the flood it moved all of them to where they are today. I'm not going to get into that argument. Here's the deal. Every other thing besides me and you, He spoke into existence. Think about how special you are. This is God. This is, this is not even your grandma. This is, this is God. If He created the Grand Canyon to be the Grand Canyon like we see it today, He literally said, hey, uh, yeah, poof. <laughs> you imagine that? A tree, poof. Wow. Sun, moon, divided day and night. This guy has a little bit of control. And look at verse 26 in Genesis. Look at this. Then God said, let us make... If, you, if you're in your Bibles, I want you to underline, or, or right off to the side, when it says, let us make, underline let us make, and off to the side write this. Not speak. God did not speak us into existence. We're more special. We're, we are the prize of creation. And this is what we teach a four-year-old. I told you. Wow. We say, God made me. And a four-year-old... I talked to a preschool teacher yesterday. You ready for this? Girls in her preschool and kids in her preschool that she teaches ask her how old she is. Now, this lady cannot be more than 30 years old. She tells them, I'm 96. You know what they say? Okay. <laughs> I'm 96 years old. Cool. <laughs> they, don't, they, don't have, they have the childlike faith. When you say God made me to a four-year-old, they're like, cool. Wow. Did they comprehend it? No. Neither do you or I. Hey, we, we don't understand how special we are. But he goes on and says, human beings in our image, God is talking about God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as the Godhead. They said, let's make humans to look like us. Let's make them so they operate like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. We are in charge of this earth. The earth is our playground. It is. It's our playground. Have you seen the sunsets the last couple days? Holy cow. He's a pretty good artist, huh? You know why he did that? Because he can. I know, I, know, I know a girl that was, was a missionary and she went to Africa and she said every time, she said, that, she said, Matt, you haven't seen a sunset until you see it in Africa. There's nothing. All you see is the sun. You can see it forever. It's so beautiful. 
And she said, when I see a sunset, I like to think of it as God's little love letter to me that day. Isn't that cool? I watched the sunset the other day and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I get on Facebook, every other person that I'm friends with, I think, saw it, and they posted it about it on Facebook. Scroll through your media feed. There's things about, about the sunsets, and it's just a sunset. You're infinitely more important than this. In verse 27 it says, So God created human beings in His own image. The image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Verse 28, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea. Again, He, he invites them to say, Listen, this is yours. The birds in the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground. It doesn't just give you permission to hunt squirrels. I know they scurry, but you can hunt other things. Okay? Look at verse 29. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant through the whole earth and all the fruit trees for your food. In verse 30, For I have given you every green plant. I know some of you don't like green plants, but God gave them to you to eat. They're good for you. Okay? Every green plant and all the wild animals and the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And that is what happened. God creates this, just this gigantically large McDonald's playground. And He calls it Earth. Now think about this. You're four. When you go to McDonald's, what did you do? I know some of you, well, they didn't have playgrounds and McDonald's whenever I was four. Okay. When you went to the park, you get on the playground, you got a teeter-totter. All this just happened. Look at verse 31 in Genesis 1. Then God looked over all that He had made and He saw that it was very good. If you're taking notes today, I want, to write, I want you to write down a couple things. You can replace I with the word you. I want you to write this down. You are good. I'm not good, Matt. You don't know my past. You have no idea what I've been through. Let me tell you something. You know why I know you're good? God doesn't make junk. He doesn't make things that are not good. You have made choices that are not good. You are good. So be good. Tell a four-year-old to be good. Sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. God tells us to be good. You are good, you are special. We speak this truth into our infants and our toddlers, that connection. If you have children, let me tell you something. If you have children, I want you to know, number one, that your children are in a safe place. All members of the working staff in preschool and Kids Rock are required to have security check background screens. They're safe. But please know this, that whenever they're in there, these young children are spoken to and they said, listen, God made you. You're special. It's not the only area. But it keeps going up and and all of our programs build on each other. So pretty soon we start seeing these 12, 14, 16 year old kids come in here and theologically... And they're a lot farther down the road than some of us were then. They, they know. If you tell a, ch- a child at age four that God loves them and He made them, will it make a difference when they're 14? Some of you are sitting here because it did. Maybe 24, 34, 44. You need to understand how special you are. Why? How can you relate this to a four-year-old to me, Matt? I'm 65 years old. Listen to this. It is a very common thing for you and I to get beaten down by the world that we live in. There are some days where you want to go home and go, I quit. I don't want to do this relationship anymore. I don't want to work with this person anymore. I don't want to do this. And God says, listen to me. Listen to me. Yes, you're going to go through hard stuff, but I want you to know that you're special. I want you to know that you're special. We don't think that there's hope. When we teach a young child or young children that that God made them, and there's other things that we teach them, but when when they know this, that they're special, do you know what we're giving them? Do you know what we're giving a four year old? Or a three-year-old, or a, or when they go into Kids Rock, you know, you know what we're giving them? We're giving them tools that whenever the world says you're not important, they say no, 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 no. God loves me. God made me. 
God wants to be my friend. Have you ever had, have you had, a, had a point in time of your life in the last year that as an adult you needed to hear that? So you're like, yeah, yesterday? God loves you. He's made you. Look at the next one. The single most important statement that you will probably ever hear. It is just dramatically simple, yet utterly, completely complex, and I cannot explain that middle word and how God loves us to you in the English language. I can't do it. The word for that is agape. It means unconditional. I don't know a single person that can practice unconditional love towards everything and everyone. It's a God thing. And when God loves you, listen, I love my kids. I love my wife. But at my house, I teach them. Emma, Lydia, my nieces, Addie, Gracie, listen to me. I love you. But God loves you so much more. And we teach them at four, at three, at two, at baby. <laughs> like babies in age. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> If you can hear my voice and you're in here, you're listening on the internet today, I want you to listen. Some of you have been battling relationships, you've been battling things that you've been thinking about for a long time. God loves you. But here's the deal. You know I when I coached and I was in the locker room that I didn't pray for a win? Because it... The other coach was in the other locker room praying to win. Sometimes that kind of cancels each other out. No. God, God said, I don't, you know, I don't want you to pray for a win. If God loves you that much, that person that you've been in that relationship with that can't get anything right or you, can't, you just despise how they live their life or the mistakes that they've made, I challenge you to look inwardly about the things and the roads that you have possibly been on. And realize that God loves them just as much as He loves you. Somebody comes to me and they say, Matt, I have a problem with so-and-so. And I have a problem with so-and-so. That'll come back on, just listen to me. I have a problem with so-and-so and I have a problem with so-and-so. This person will come to me and I will say this. I said, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Yes. I said, so God has given you grace in having a relationship in your life over all of your stuff. Yeah. So do you think, now this, this gets comical, do you think this person is a follower of Jesus? Sometimes that's questionable with them. Yes, they are, okay. Are they a follower of Jesus Christ? If they are, I say this. If you are a follower of Christ, and you are a follower of Christ, and God has given you both grace, this is what the Bible says, ready? Work it out. You've both been down the same road, haven't you? Work it out. Do I not love both of you, God says? Do I not love you? I love you both. The, the best thing that Satan wants to do is for you to fight. I know, some of you, like, you, man, you do not know this person. I've been around a couple. Look at this. Look at the, in, in, in your Bible, I'm just going to tell you what they, what they are. Go to John 3.16. Now, some of you can say, oh, I know that, I know that. Do you know why you know that? Somebody told you when you were four. About the first time you ever heard John 3.16, you know what? Chances are, if you were raised in church, you can't remember the first time. Praise God. So Paul says, Paul says in his letters in the New Testament, he said, he said, the greatest testimony is not for someone that grows up and used to do bad but does good now. He said the greatest testimony for somebody that has been raised in a Christian home and learns to follow God his whole life. I know what you're thinking, because I think it too. And then there's me. <laughs> I mean, I had all the right answers, did you? I'll do it my way. It works. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Let's give you a little flash, just a little, a little thing. In John 3, 16, in, the, in our New Living Translation Bible, it says this. For this is how God loved the world. He shows it. This is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. If you are in this room and you're human, Everybody think about that for a second. <laughs> Some of you are going to be at lunch later and go, wow, I know what he said. <laughs> if you're in this room and you're human, that means you. You will live forever. Not physically. Spiritually, you were created to live forever. You will spend it 
in one of two poof. One or two places. The Bible is very, 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 very firm about this. Those who have a relationship with God will spend an eternity in eternal bliss, perfection in heaven. Where gold is pavement. Can you get this? What gold like eleven or twelve hundred dollars an ounce? God's like, nah. <laughs> I keep that in the concrete trucks. That's what we pave the roads with. Listen, you're, you're going to be in a place where the most precious metals that we see is pavement. <laughs> if, but if you do not have a relationship with Christ, the Bible is very clear. You're going to experience a separation from God, and the Bible calls that hell. Complete separation. There's a lot of theological people that they go really into depth and there's horned monsters and there's all this stuff. But here's the deal. When you talk about God, Jesus calls God, He's the light. If you are separated from the light, that means it's probably not bright. It's probably dark. And there's torment. And it's not a, it's not a good place. Some people have this crazy way of thinking. One of the craziest things I have ever seen is it doesn't matter. I know that person went to hell. I'm just going to go with them and join them so I can be with them. Listen, I'm telling you right now. God sent His Son because He loved you. He made you and He loves you. you are see, that, those, are two, those are two of the most solid things that God tells us in this entire Bible. I made you and I love you. Some of us grew up in a home where they didn't hear I love you. If you could hear me and you grew up that way and you think, man, I've never experienced this. God loves you. Even when you think humans can't and you've done too much stuff wrong, God loves you. I used to work with a young man and he was 13 years old. He went to a behavior school and he went to Funkhauser School in Effingham. No one could talk to him. He was rebellious. He was, he was ADD. He was ADHD. He was medicated. He it was behavior disorder, everything, everything. And they and I mean I got the job. Do you know how I got the job? I was the only person that would do it. I remember the very first time that I met Michael. He called me so many things. And I said, Okay, God, I'm in this I'm in this for a reason. I need to know a way that I can communicate with this young man. You know how I figured it out? I don't speak cars, but he was automotively inclined. As a 13-year-old, he could probably take a... He was, I mean, exceptionally intelligent. Part of that exceptional intelligence was he was bored with everything else. So I challenged him. I said, hey, how do you think you can make this thing go faster? Well, and all of a sudden, the things that he called me, the number of times that he called me, those kind of started to go down. And I started to see him open his life up a little bit. I'll never forget. Michael was behind in school and he made up almost a year and a half in one year at the school. Just did phenomenal. He's a smart kid. And we go to his house. But before we went to his house, I said, if you get all A's on your report card, very capable. He's capable without taking books home, capable. I said, if you get all A's, I will buy you a little Caesar's pizza and I'll buy you a two liter of Mountain Dew. And you can just go to town. Now, by this time, Michael's almost 15. He can do this, okay? (laughs) He comes out and he was grinning from ear to ear. And he said, I did it. (laughs) And I said, then let's go. So I spent a grand total of $7 that day at Little Caesars. I got a pizza and I got a two liter of Mountain Dew, but this is not the point of the story. When we get home, Michael's just eating. I mean, you just hear this. You've heard, you've heard young men eat. I'm looking at the, all of you that have boys are going, he wished there was a mute button. He couldn't get the pizza in his body fast enough. Right, he got out of, the, out of the van that day. I said, Michael, I'm so proud of you. I said, I want to tell you something. And I don't know that you've ever heard it before. I said, but you know that I go to church. Yeah, I know you go to church. I said, I just want to tell you that no matter what this life has thrown at you, that God loves you. And guys don't do this very well. 
And I said, Michael, I'm not being funny about this. I said, but I love you and I care about you very much. He stopped about halfway out of the van. He come back and he sat down and he looked at me squared in the face. His kid's almost 15 years old. He said, what'd you say? I said, I love you. You know what he told me? You're the first person to ever tell me that. As he got out of the van that day, his dad was working on a car. And I hear these words out of his mouth. Michael, you know what you're supposed to do. I don't want to see you until the sun goes down. I can't speak that language. I got upset with my mom and dad because they told me they loved me all the time. I'm like, you're embarrassing me. (laughs) Heaven forbid. God puts me in contact with a young man. By the way, when Michael turned 16 years old, he came to a youth revival. <laughs> You've seen people that, that start their relationship with, with Christ and there's no fireworks. Okay, It's not about the fireworks. But I watched as my dad was preaching to young people and Michael came. You know why? We had pizza. So... <laughs> So Michael was in the back and I had just I was I was playing I was playing a song for imitation. I've never led worship in a church my entire life and I was playing a song. I don't even know what it was. And I looked back and my dad had just given the clear invitation that God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. And that kid had no idea what he was doing. But he stood up in the back row and he ran towards the front. And he fell on the floor. And he said, I don't know what I need to do, but I know that my life is messed up and I need, I need this God that loves me so much I want Him in my life. That is why we tell our young people, God loves you. We set that foundation. Has Michael been perfect since then? Absolutely not. He's made choices and there's consequences for your choices. Same with me. Same with you. What a truth and a promise we have. In preschool, our friends are a big deal, aren't they? Think about this, you're four. I ask Lydia, why do you want to go to church? My friends. It doesn't change evidently in three years. I said, Emma, she's seven, why do you want to go to church? My friends, Dad. My friends, my teachers. Listen, if you want to be involved in an environment where, where kids really, really like their teachers, this is the age. I can tell you from personal experience at uh, junior high and high school level, that's not the case. <laughs> this, this is the place. The teachers are going, uh-huh. This is the place. So who's your best friend? Some of you may have more than one. But you know exactly who those close friends are. You have them in your phone, and you know that even if they were in Paris, France, and you had a serious life problem, you know they would be on your doorstep as fast as they could get there, and you know who those are, don't you? You you know that person that would come over and say, whatever you need to do, I'll help you do it. You know who they are. We teach our four-year-olds, watch this. Look at your worship handout. Jesus wants to be your friend forever. Now they associate the word friend with buddies. Jesus is my buddy? Cool. You know how I see this play out? When I hear my young daughters pray, and I'm not telling you that we have a Disney World life at my house, but we teach them to pray. And when I pray with Lydia and Emma, Lydia especially, she's four, she talks to God like He is sitting beside her. She talks to God like He is her best friend. And as I was studying this week, do you know what God said? He said, when's the last time that you prayed to me and you worshipped me like I was your best friend? Sharp. So we learn a lot from a four-year-old, can't we? God made me. He loves me. And Jesus wants to be my friend forever. Do you think if you teach a four-year-old this, it's going to affect them when they're 24? Think about that time of rebellion in your life. I didn't have any rebellion in my life. Okay, think again. I remember mine. I'm just being honest with you, okay? Jesus wants to be my friend forever. Jesus wants to help you. That's why He died. He died. We teach our four-year-olds. He died so you can have a relationship. Do they grasp it? No. But if you pay attention to the baptisms that we have, 
They're coming out of our preschool area, going into Kids Rock, and that foundation is being set, and we're seeing 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12-year-olds come to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what those turn into? Me and you. They replace us. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're right now. I love our teachers. Oh, my, what, yeah, because you have girls back there. I love them. I was at this church before I had kids. And the level of the, the level of of good that our teachers teach at is awesome. They teach these truths. Look at this. We're talking about friends. Look at John fifteen thirteen on the screen. There is no greater love than to, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus wants to be my friend forever. Well, what did Jesus do? <laughs> Jesus died on the cross so you can have a relationship with Him. Well, my girls are not at the age where they understand this completely. But almost every single time that they pray, do you know what comes at the end? Thank you God for sending Jesus to die for our sins. Now, do they hear Mary, me and Mary going around our house preaching every... No! Where it comes from? Preschool and Kids Rock. Our young people, teachers, are doing a great job. It's coming out of that preschool area where somebody held both of my girls and they said, God loves you. And it went and it rotated and it complimented up into Kids Rock. And they said, listen, this is what Jesus really did for you. And sometime before fifth grade, we're seeing these kids' lives change. You know what I'm excited about? I don't know how I have a seven-year-old daughter. I don't want to fast-forward time any faster. But... Can you imagine what kind of kids and young leaders are going to come out of this church? That does absolutely nothing for me but get me incredibly excited. You know why? Even if all of us... They're going to see things that we, we won't. My daughters will see things if this church continues to do what it does and they stay here that my daughters are going to see... Your kids, your grand... are going to see things that you only thought possible. Right before Mike Davis died, he said something really, really awesome to me. He said, you know, I'm not worried about death. Talk very candidly. I'm not worried about death. I know where I'm going. I know that I get to worship my Savior, and quite frankly, I'm anxious. He said, but I am kind of selfish. I said, what's that? He goes, it won't matter to me, but I wonder what connection will look like in ten years. So wow, ten years, my daughter will be seventeen. In ten years, some of our fifth graders will be graduated college. What are they going to do? What are they going to see? Listen, it all stems from what do we teach them when they're four? And we see those leaders, those kids grow up. This is an exciting thing. God made me. God loves me. Jesus wants to be my friend forever. So I ask you this question. This is the next blank on your worship handout. How can you serve at Connection? Oh, man, you didn't really beat around the bush. Nope, I didn't. You know why? We should serve. Jesus came to the world to reign forever like a king. Nope. No. Read the New Testament. Jesus did not come to say, I'm the man, worship me. Jesus is the same guy that washed his disciples' feet. They talk about disgusting. They didn't have Nikes. They had Jerusalem cruisers, their sandals. And he washed their feet in the most humble thing, a humble act he could ever do. And he washed their feet and he said, I did not come in this world to be served, but I came to serve. <coughs> And because Jesus, we're going to relate this to what we do with our four-year-old, because Jesus gave those three years of His life and He mentored those guys, do you know, do you know what we see? We see a guy that moves from, from denying Jesus three times at His crucifixion in Peter to as soon as Jesus dies and is resurrected and the Holy Spirit comes, He preaches the first sermon at Pentecost and there's 3,000 people that get saved. Do you see the impact Jesus laid a foundation. You get that opportunity. I know I say, well, I got lunch plan. Okay. And you give one Sunday a month? Can you give every week? Some, some people may say, I, I can do that every week. 
Awesome. We will plug you in. Look at the next screen. Do you like the rock babies? So see, I can see who does. You know why they go? It's <laughs> 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 those little babies. Do you like the now and I understand the people that don't, they're going. Do you like the rock babies? Do you long for those little smiles? Maybe your kids are grown, maybe they're not here anymore. Maybe you're a grandparent, but your kids your grandkids and your kids don't live around here. Hey, just give me your shot in your arm. Maybe you're a newly married couple and say, you know what? We'd like to be around babies. We just don't want to have to take care of them all the time. <laughs> it's a really cool thing when Jennifer and Adam had had the twins at the same time. <laughs> Blessed person. <laughs> And bring them over, and, and especially now, they're just... They're so fast. And I said, man, these, are really, these girls are really cool to have here, but you know that young couple's thinking, but it's okay to give them back. My mom had them. My mom and dad had all four of them last night. I'm pretty sure this, you know, last night they were like, oh, this is great that they're all here. Oh, thank goodness they're gone. Do you like the rock babies? Do you like those little smiles? Look at the next one. The next. Do you enjoy laying a foundation? Now, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. I'm going to show you why this is a big deal. Do you enjoy laying a foundation to teach young children that God made you, that He loves you, and that Jesus wants to be your friend? Some of us, many of us, are probably sitting here today because there was that person, there was that older lady. That was just my experience. It was usually, whenever I started going to church in the early 80s, it was usually the older ladies that took care of us. It just was. I didn't see very many men until I got to about junior high. I would have a junior high teacher here and there. Man, how impressionable would it be to have a man Put that foundation into those young children by saying, I love you. God loves you. He wants to be your friend forever. Can you imagine that? And you had that, that, those children of your own and you got to do that. If this interests you, I ask you not to wait. This morning after church, I want you to go out. I want you to see, see Laura. You can check out the next screen. There should be a picture there, but Laura's back there. Raise your hand. Hi, Laura. Now, contact Laura. Laura will be, she will work around your schedule. Wow, that's nice. So if you have to work on, maybe you alternate Sundays and you work, it's okay. Okay? I want to tell you this before I leave. Before we get dismissed today. We think, man, if this is your cup of tea, you, you're gonna you're gonna hear this loudly and clearly. If you if you say, "Man, I'm man, I am like just not baby driven. I'm adult driven." Okay, we have that too. Okay, there's Laura. Hi, Laura. <laughs> Technology's awesome when it works correctly. You know what I mean? I'm gonna tell you this story. All of these areas speak to a different point in my life. I have attended church my entire life. I have been in church since I was negative months and years old. I have always been in church. Wow, Matt, look at you. Except the seven years of rebellion when I went a couple times. I've always been in church. I was taught the foundations of Scripture. I was taught that God loves me. At seven years old, I understood enough to understand this. I wanted to have God in my life because I knew that there was sin in my life and I wanted to go to heaven with Him forever. That foundation had been laid by my parents, by my teachers. I don't say this to brag. And I could have went all my life and just attended, but it was the teachers that impacted me. If I gave everybody a little piece of paper, I bet you you could write down a name of somebody that impacted your life. You want to be one of those people? Think about that. They, they gave to you. You give to them. You pass it on. By the way, that's how the Christian church has survived the last 2,000 years. Passing everything on. 
they taught me God's love. They taught me God's promises. And I can remember being four or five years old at the First Baptist Church in Albion. And I would go to this wild, crazy, awesome class. You know what it's called? Mission Friends. Anybody ever been to Mission Friends? Oh, yeah. We're like, oh, yeah, Mission Friends. And in that Mission Friends class, I was taught that God loves me. That God made me. And that I had a purpose in this life. I was four. I didn't grab all this. But those words kept coming out. Kept coming out from my teachers. And one of my teachers' name was Laura Davis. And she did nothing but pour into me. And the other teachers there. And there's many of us that are sitting there. Sitting here today because somebody made that foundation. Her ministry, her life work has affected me. Is Laura Davis Jesus? Absolutely not. She'll tell you that. But somewhere between preschool and adulthood... This enthusiasm about this goes away. Why does it have to? The other night, I was here at church. I was sitting over here by where we have popcorn. Lydia comes in. Lydia's four. Runs like a bullet. About knocks me over. Runs up to me. Emma comes in and goes, Hi, Dad. (laughs) She's seven. If I told Lydia something, if she was around somebody you guys didn't, maybe she doesn't know you, and you say, Hey, I'm 75 years old and you're really 40. She's like, Okay. Okay. When I tell Lydia that God loves her, she goes, I know. And Lydia just comes, when she talks to God, man, she just comes running. And sometimes, somehow, between age four and adulthood, we get this thing like, I don't need to run to you anymore, God. I'm right here. You come and cater to me. You need to learn to pray like your four year old. You need to learn, you need to comprehend those phrases that God loves you, He made you, and He wants to be your friend. He doesn't want to be your associate. He wants to be your best friend. Not your husband and not your wife. I know, some of you are like, oh, but that can't, that can't happen. God is to be above those people, by the way. God first, then your mate. Some of you get really angry, then your kids, okay? I'm just saying, that's the order. <laughs> and we get away from doing this. This, this enthusiasm towards God and we say, man, you are just so cool. Do you remember being four or five years old and you had that crazy uncle? You know, the one that could like take his thumb apart? You're going, wow. <laughs> Everything is wow, isn't it? What if we, as, as a 35-year-old or however old you are, what if you could take that clock and just rewind it and say, God, I want that wow again. I'm going to tell you something. I watched the sunset the other night and I just bawled. I just cried. You think, well, Matt, you're just a sensitive guy. Okay, I am. But, when I look at the sun, and God literally did that because He can. Because He can. And He says, I love you enough to even let you see this. I love you so much. Matt, I want you to run to me like your four-year-old does. Don't play adult with me. I want you to come to me with a childlike faith. And I want you to just come running because you know that you need me. And this week and next week, we're going to talk about laying that foundation with our young people. How exciting. So this morning, we're going to end a little bit differently. I know, some of you are like, oh boy. (laughs) We're going to get back into something that maybe you haven't done in a long time. And I'm going to start you, and you're going to finish. If we could just dim the lights down just a second. Hi, Laura. (laughs) Can you go to the next screen? He turned these down. They don't need to see me. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna join with them. I want to sing this. And as we sing this, I'm gonna ask you to do something. If you're capable, if you're capable, I just want us to stand here in a second. Just to stand up. You know, this is the first worship service. Or this is the first worship song I ever learned. I wasn't. I wasn't four years old and raising my hands in preschool. But you know, I've seen children that go to this church that when they hear songs, do you know what they do? When they see mom and dad actually come into an environment of worship where they are really telling God how much they mean to. 
I've seen little kids, little kids, because little kids mirror. I've seen kids walk around this church and they hear us play Go or they hear us play uh, uh, You Won't Reel In or some songs that we play or I'll Stand. You know that, do you know that all four-year-olds in our church know that when they hear I'll Stand with arms high and abandoned, they go, do you know that? Do you know that? How awesome! I heard a story of four little girls that go to our church that were in a vehicle. There's Christian music playing. <laughs> and the driver looks back. And the girls are all singing because they're songs that we do here. And one, if not more, of them were doing this. Listen, I'm telling you something. That is something that's exceptionally special. A kid that understands. God, I'm come running to you when I'm four years old, and when you're 14, or you're 34, or you're 44, and you think your marriage is going down the dumps, and you think this is, can't happen, and you think, man, I lost my job, I can't do anything, it's that time right, right there when that foundation comes calling back, and you know what I'm talking about. You know that that doesn't leave you, and they say, God, I, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I've run for too long. You have, look at this. Jesus loves me. This I know. Not I think. I heard a really cool play on words and I love this. You ready? If you're a follower of Jesus, then God knows you, right? Jesus knows me. This I love. I love that. I'm going to start us out. If you will, just stand with me. After we get done singing, we even get to do the yes, Jesus loves me part. Yeah, we do. <laughs> We're going to get to do that and then I'm going to close this in prayer. Okay? Here we go. Everybody look at the screen if you don't, if you don't know the words. Everybody ready? You ready? Jesus loves me. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. God made you. He loves you and He wants to be your friend forever. Let's pray. God, it's such an amazing opportunity to come into this place to look into Your Word and to see how special we are. God, if we're going through a tough time in our life, maybe we don't know how to think about something. God, I just ask that as, as, as adults, as young adults, as teenagers, as children, as older adults, I just ask God that, we, that You remind us of what it's like to be in preschool. It's what it's like to be four years old and to come running to you and say, God, I just want to give you a hug. Some of us need to just do that. Some of us just need to go, God, I just need a hug and come running. God, we love you and we honor you and we thank you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Tell three people on your way out. Tell three people that you love them on your way out.